0: Welcome to the After Chat. I'm Michael. I'm Ellis, and today we are going to be talking about the Prophet Ezekiel. <laughs> excited are you about this one? No, <laughs> I, I think I think he's a very eclectic character. So, I'm ready. All right, let's do it.
1: Welcome to the After Chat. Real questions. Real talk. Real life.
0: It's review time.
1: It is. All right.
0: Get
2: us one. All right. So uh, G left this review on our misconceptions episode. She said, thank you guys for this episode. I had several misconceptions and didn't want to ask out of fear or appearing weird or childish. I appreciate all you do and love the after chat.
0: And Liz Pewitt wrote this one on why should I care what I say. And that she loves us and she looks forward to this every single week. Hmm. Fun fact, she also sent me a direct message on Facebook wishing me happy birthday not too long oh, ago. Oh, hey, so there you go. that was super awesome. So be on the lookout for some mugs coming your way. Yeah. Liz Pewitt and G. So there we go. All right, so what do we got? All right, let's see. <clears throat>
2: What is something you have never truly wrapped your head around?
0: It just, I, I think I've mentioned something in this vein before. Like, I'm, I'm just blown away that we had people walking around on the moon. Like, I think that is such a cool thing. You know, you see the little the videos of them in the little Doom buggy cruising around on there, hitting golf balls, like just bouncing around all the things. I just think that's just truly crazy. And it's hard to imagine that that really happened. Hmm. I think mine.
2: Is probably gravity. Sometimes, like, I'll just find myself in these spaces where I'm like,
0: like. I could jump as far as I want. Right.
2: Like, this is weird. (laughs) This is weird. Like, if I spill this out of this mug, it's going to hit the ground. It's not just going to float. Just the concept of gravity in general. Sometimes I have these five-minute stretches in the middle of the day where I'm like, huh, gravity. (laughs)
0: Okay. Yep. Would love to know what you guys are having struggles uh, wrapping your head around. I bet Um, you won't beat gravity. I bet you you won't. (laughs) Um, If different fruits could talk, which would sound the funniest? I'm going to go, I'm going Kiwi. I, I think, was going to go Kiwi, too. I think a Yo. Kiwi fruit would just absolutely sound ridiculous. I'm picturing, like, a high-pitched voice. Yeah. Or were you doing the same? Yeah, okay. like, And so, but some sort of, like, really cool accent mm-hmm. like would be in there. I'm not going to try to do it, <laughs> but um, I imagine some sort of, like, Aussie kind of accent somewhere in there, but just, like, really high-pitched and nasally. Mm. Like, I'm going there. What
1: would a star fruit
0: sound like? A star fruit... I think, like, very laid back and chill. Like, what you would typically, like, kind of associate, kind of like Michelangelo from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, yo, Cowabunga, I'm a star <laughs> fruit. I, I did, yeah. I chose to do that one, but not yeah. the kiwi fruit. Um, <laughs> but I imagine, I don't know. Like, I think they sound similar. Why are both of your fruits? <laughs> no no that one had more of oh, like a man. like a 1980s stereotypical california surfer kind of vibe i think obviously yeah oh, come obviously. on <laughs> 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 all right so <laughs> pick a fruit give it an accent what does it sound oh, like oh geez um <laughs> i feel like a pineapple would
2: <sighs> see now i don't want to copy you man Jeez. <laughs> this is tough can I change my answer about the not wrapping my head around? I can't wrap my head around like a fruit talking and having an <laughs> accent. That's my answer. I'm switching.
0: <laughs> there we go. So what's the what's the weirdest dream you've ever had? Like, do you remember your dreams? Like, I know some people like some people remember their dreams. Like every single night, they like they wake up, they they got dream journals, like the whole nine yards. Like mm-hmm. they remember something every night.
2: I really don't. I might remember them for like yeah, an hour or two when I first wake up. But by the end of the day, like the next day is usually gone. So Mm. I, I could tell you vaguely what they're about, but like in detail,
0: like what's the weirdest one? I'm, I'm really not sure. Yeah. No, they come and they go. Mm -hmm. Like it's kind of very similar, but every once in a while, like I'll have a dream, but like I'm falling in the dream. But then like I wake up, but it feels like my body's still being pulled. Mm. Like I've gravity or something like that i don't know but like so like i have that happen i'm I'm never gonna live this down oh man (laughs) (laughs) um but so so like i have that experience from time to time it's not like often but from time to time like i get something like that and i Mm. think that's pretty weird yeah that's it's interesting so Mm. today we're going to be talking about the prophet ezekiel yes so let's just get kind of like who this guy was based on what we can glean from him in the Bible. So Ezekiel, mm-hmm. we know that he was the son of Boozy. I mean, that's really enough said. Yeah. Like the son of Boozy. <laughs> um, but so he, uh, this was kind of uh, all put down roughly 597 to 571 B.C., roughly the same time as Jeremiah. Like mm-hmm. Jeremiah was still in Jerusalem uh, doing his thing. Ezekiel was in one of the groups of exiles, like whenever... The first siege happened. The Babylonians came in, rounded up a bunch of them, and then took them out. Like they were, they were like the first wave of exiles. Daniel, the prophet Daniel, was probably in that same time frame as well. Whenever Ezekiel was let out, uh, when you read it, he seems like kind of a. I think I used the word eclectic earlier, but like he's a very colorful type of fella. Has very much a street preacher vibe. A little bit of the dramatic flair in uh-huh. some of. Uh, some of the things that he did in trying to get his message across, I think, is a good way to put it. Like I mentioned a second ago, Ezekiel takes place several years after the first Babylonian siege of Jerusalem. They came in, deported a bunch of people, and took them to refugee camps. And that's kind of where the beginning of the story takes place. And you can read about that in uh, 2 Kings 24. Like That has the, like the first wave of exiles. And it happened. the The book opens roughly around his thirtieth birthday, when he would have been installed as a priest, because it mm-hmm. seems like that was what he was uh, being trained for before everything happened. Hmm. Now, it's a Ezekiel's a big book, like it's like forty eight chapters, but it is it does have kind of an outline that you can look at and really break down kind of what what we're looking at here. So, like chapters one through eleven. Uh, we see Ezekiel's commission and God's accusations against Israel. God gives Ezekiel a a sp- like a spoiler alert for like <laughs> what his ministry is going to look like. He basically says, "Listen, I want you to go do this," but by the way, they're just not going to listen to you at all. That seems to be a trend. I mean, that's that's <laughs> a rough thing. And and you read it in Ezekiel three seven through nine. I just want to hit this. But the people of Israel are not willing to listen to you because they are not willing to listen to me. For all the Israelites are hardened and obstinate, but I will make you as unyielding and hardened as they are. I will make your fore (laughs) I love this. I will make your forehead like the hardest stone, harder than flint. Do not be afraid of them uh, or terrified by them by them though they are a rebellious people. Like I love that. God's like, you know what? they're stubborn, but guess what? I'm gonna make you just as stubborn and hard-headed as they are, but for the right reasons. Like mm. I don't know. like I would feel pretty good about that, but I would still, I don't know. like you want to see positive results. So I imagine for for Ezekiel that was kind of like dang, like I'm not going to be successful based on how we view uh, success. And then in Ezekiel 4 through 5, he does kind of some, I guess, street theater, is I think is a good way to describe it. And then in 8 through 11, we get some really cool visions of what's happening at the temple back in Jerusalem. 12 through 24 is filled with parables and allegories that outline all of the things Israel did to break their covenant with God. 25 through 32 is filled with how God would judge uh, all of the surrounding nations that that are kind of mocking Israel at this point and 33 Jerusalem eventually falls. And then 34 through 48 are all about inspiring hope. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But I mean, everything has kind of a bleak tone to it because when you think about where they're at, like, I mean, they are, they just lost round one of like what's going to be like a larger war. Yeah. They're being let out into exile. And this is kind of five years after that. So they're just like, you know, kind of hoping maybe things are gonna get better, but it's probably starting to set in that this is not going to be all that great.
2: Yeah. It seems like uh for me the difference between Ezekiel and some of the other prophets we read is like the the messages that God gives Ezekiel to deliver. It's like, hey, I'm gonna tell it straight. I'm gonna tell yes. I'm gonna tell you like it is like yeah. this situation is not good. And I'm not going to pretend like
0: it's not like it like it is good, you know. Yes. So that's kind of that's kind of like what a uh, what to expect, should you choose to jump in here and read Ezekiel. But and I would encourage everybody to do so. It's it's a fantastic book with tons of visions and and prophecies and just some really cool things. So yeah, get us going.
2: Yeah. So uh, we'll start right at the top. Ezekiel one um, is kind of <laughs> Ezekiel's commissioning, and he gets a vision and sees some really weird stuff, Uh, Mm -hmm. particularly some creatures um, that, starting in, uh, like, verse 4, it says, "...I looked and I saw a windstorm coming out of the north, an immense cloud with flashing lightning and surrounded by brilliant light. The center of the fire looks like glowing metal, and in the fire was what looked like four living creatures. In appearance, their form was human, but each of them had four faces and four wings." Their legs were straight. Their feet were like those of a calf and gleamed like burnished bronze. Under their wings, on their four sides, they had human hands. All four of them had faces and wings, and the wings of one touched the wings of another. Each one went straight ahead. They did not look as the, as they moved. And it goes on to say, like, they had two wings spreading out upward, each wing touching the creature on either side. Um, it's like they talk about them having a the face of a, one. One side has the face of a lion. The other one has the face mm. of an ox. It's just like what, what is happening? <laughs> what, what, is, what is happening here? So,
0: Michael, and, what do you make of these creatures? So, I, I, they seem to be some sort of angelic mm-hmm. being. Obviously, I don't know. It's like God's glory, like and like the presence of God on Earth is being is like coming to them in in exile, and so for Ezekiel. I think seeing this thing, he was probably like, you're not, you're supposed to be in the temple. Mm. Like that's where you're supposed to be. And we're, and we're going to get a, a little bit of sneak peek of that later, but I kind of think that's, that's what we're, we're seeing. And like, that's the imagery that he sees. Uh, and whenever a like a contemporary was like actually hearing this and reading this, they would have kind of known what that was. Mm. But for us looking at it all this time later, we're just kind of like, what is this crazy looking thing? <laughs> yeah. So I think that's what we're looking at there.
2: That makes sense because we get uh, Ezekiel's actual call to be a prophet in, yep. in uh, chapter 2. So I'll just read a little bit more. Starting in verse 2, As he spoke, the Spirit came into me and raised me to my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. He said, Son of man, I'm sending you to the Israelites, a rebellious nation that have re- that has rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have been in revolt against me to this very day. The people to whom I am sending you are obstinate and stubborn. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. And whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are are a rebellious people, they will know that a prophet has been among them. And you, son of man, do not be afraid of them or their words. Do not be afraid, though briars and thorns are all around you and you live among scorpions. Do not be afraid of what they say or be terrified by them, though they are a rebellious people. You must speak my words to them, whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are rebellious. But you, son of man, listen to what I say to you. Do not rebel like that rebellious people. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. So he's, I mean, he's setting him up for exactly what he's getting to walk into. Hey, the people have rebelled. It's time for me to deliver judgment. I'm going to do that through the messages I give you. And don't be deterred by what the the people are going to say or what they're going to do. Like, this is your task. And Go he's gonna it.
0: and God's gonna give him the words. And I think he was uh Ezekiel goes on to say that like they're they're sweet as honey or mm-hmm. something like that. So like god but I love how he says, listen, don't worry about the results. Yeah. You're called you're being called to be obedient, and you're going to give them no excuse because they won't be able to say, God, you never told us. We never had a prophet among us. God's like, No, you that ain't gonna fly. Like mm-hmm. my boy Ezekiel was down there. He was doing some weird things, but <laughs> like you, you, you should have known better. You should have heeded them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and just to go back to where, where we were talking about with God's glory coming in to them in exile. So his next vision, which we, which picks up in, in chapter eight, Ezekiel is sitting in his house with some of the elders that were there in exiles with him. And then, I love the way he he phrases it. He says the hand of the Lord came came on him, and then I, I I often wonder like what that looks like. I wonder if that looks like just bam, like his eyes roll up and like he's in a trance and he's seeing these things. Like it doesn't say kind of what happens, but I'm trying to I try to imagine these things and like really put myself in the scene. Yeah. So he's sitting in his house, he's having a conversation, and bam, he's seeing a vision, and all of a sudden he's he's seeing what's happening in the temple in. Jerusalem there he's seeing people worshiping Canaanite and Babylonian god statues that they had put up inside like inside the like the like the court area and he sees the vision of the creatures and wheels and everything that he saw in the vision that you that you talked about a second ago slowly departing away from the temple towards where the people have been taken in Babylon I imagine, so now he's like, ah, oh, so this is what happened. And God, like he said, he, like he always said, like, if you guys turn away from me, you break up my, my covenant with you, you're going to get conquered and sent into exile. And, we read, and you can read about that in Leviticus 28 and Deuteronomy, uh, uh, Leviticus 26 and Deuteronomy 28. Mm-hmm. There's hope, though, because just like Moses said in Deuteronomy 30, that if the covenant was broken and exile ever happened, then if the people repented and turned back, then they would be restored. And we see that in Deuteronomy 31 through six. So when all these blessings and curses and curses, I've set before you come on you and you take them to heart, wherever the Lord, your God disperses you among the nations. And when you and your children return to the Lord your God and obey him with all your heart and with all your soul according to everything I commanded you today, then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where he scattered you. Even if you've been banished to the most distant land under the heavens, from there the Lord your God will gather you and bring you back. He will bring you to the land that, uh, that belonged to your ancestors and you will take possession of it. He will make you more prosperous and numerous than your ancestors. The Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants so that you may love him with all your heart and with all your soul and live. So Ezekiel is seeing what's happening. Like God's gonna, God is not just going to abandon them while they're in exile. Mm-hmm. He's going to go and be with him or be with them while they are there. So for him, I imagine that was a very... Like comforting thing mm, to, uh, right. to some degree, to know that God was not just going to abandon his people outright. Yes, judgment had come. like they they were told, and you can read all about it in some of the other chapters where God said, like, listen, this is all the things you did wrong. Moses told you what was going to happen. And so now here it is. like, but him not uh, not abandoning them while they were going through that, I imagine, like I said, was gave him at least, a glimmer of hope. And I love the vision ends with God saying that he would eventually gather them back and give them a new heart and new spirit. And you can read that in 11, uh, 18, and 19 there in Ezekiel. But there's going to be more on that later.
2: Yeah. I think this is like an interest, interesting characteristic we see of uh, what people often refer to as Old Testament God. Yes. Like
0: It's not all fire and brimstone.
2: Right. Not all. And I, <laughs> I, I, do, I do think it's hey, your actions were not great, and there are going to be consequences for those actions. Yes. But, like the point you were making, there there is a glimmer of hope. It might be you know just a small glimmer sometimes, but it's always there. It's always present. Yes,
0: so. I imagine that the, that the early readers of this and the people that he was, well, I mean, well, they didn't listen to him while he was actually saying the things. Mm. But down the road, I imagine you know whenever people would be would be reading this, they they would. Mm. I, it gets pretty bleak, <laughs> like between now and then towards the end, when like Ezekiel is just straight up vision casting and and trying to inspire hope. So I want to. We got a couple weird things they did. I'll take this one and you take the next one. Okay. So chapter four. This this is when I say he did weird things. Like this would be one of them. <laughs> yeah. So he made a little toy set of of Jerusalem, right? And he all in chapter four, these are just some things that he did in chapter four. Chapter four, he made a little toy set of Jerusalem. He acts as the scapegoat, and then he cooks food over poop as they as they will in the city under when it when it becomes under siege later on down the road. So just some idea of like what I mean whenever he says, whenever I say he acts as the scapegoat. So in in Leviticus, 16:20 We're hitting you with some scripture here but but stick with us. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's there's a point to it. So cuz you need it to kind of make sense of what he's doing. Right. So when Aaron had finished making atonement for the most holy place. So each year on the day of atonement, the this was the only time of the year where the high priest was able to go into what was called like the holy of holies, which is where the ark of the covenant was and what they would do is they would take a goat, they would sacrifice it, they would uh sprinkle blood on it. And this was only done once a year. And if you went in there, there's some other examples in the Bible where someone went in there, they didn't make it out. Like that's, that's where God dwelled, like the glory of God that we saw kind of rolling in at the beginning and then rolling out just a few moments ago. Like that was where the glory of God lived on earth. So the scapegoat. So one goat went in there, got sacrificed. And then the other one, he's to lay both hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it, all the wickedness and rebellion of the Israelites all of their sins, and then put them on the goat's head. So, like, they put their hand on the head of the goat, whisper all the bad things that Israel done over the year, and then he shall send the goat away into the wilderness in the care of someone appointed to the task. So this guy would grab the goat, lead it out of the town, and then the goat will carry on itself all their sins to a remote place, and the man shall release it into the wilderness. So that was them casting aside, like, repenting and just turning away and casting away all the things that they had did. So, in chapter 4, like, he takes all the sin on himself and then lays on his side for, like, 300 days or so. I mean, it's it's a long time. He just laid on his side out in the street. Everybody would probably just be passing by wondering... Ezekiel's out there laying in the street again today. Like, and how long is this going to go on? It was just a weird thing. And then the other thing that he did with the little toy set, he made a little toy set of Jerusalem, surrounded it with little other little enemy soldiers, and then acted out how it was all going to go down when Jerusalem finally fell. Like,
2: And he wonders why they didn't listen to him. I mean,
0: I I get he was
2: doing what God told him to do, but it's a strange
0: way to go about it. (laughs) But I mean, if God tells you to do it, like, who are you to say no? Sure. So, but that's some of the weird things that he did Mm -hmm. in chapter four.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Just, just in chapter (laughs) Some of the weird things he did in chapter four. All right. Yes. So chapter five, I don't know about you, but the sub, like the subheading in my Bible for chapter five, it says God's razor of judgment, which, uh, yeah, not good. Not good. Anyways. Um, so in verse 11, starting in verse 11, it says, therefore, as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, because you have defiled my sanctuary with all your vile images and detestable practices, I myself will shave you. I will not look on you with pity or spare you. A third of your people will die of the plague or perish by famine inside you. A third will fall by the sword outside your walls. And a third, I will scatter to the winds, and pursue
0: with a drawn sword. Cheerful. So I <laughs> just imagine it, like so. Ezekiel, he takes, like he's demonstrating what's what's going to happen, mm-hmm. like with the fall of Jerusalem. You know, a, a third of them are are going to go into exile. Uh, you know, and then a third of them are going are going to not make it, and then. A third of them are going to die inside, a third of them are going to die outside, and a third of them are going to go into exile. Mm-hmm. Like, And he's doing this, he's demonstrating this by shaving all of the hair from his head and his face and then chopping it. I mean, it would just look weird. I mean, just to watch somebody do that, you would think that they were a crazy person. Yes. But, I mean, when God calls you to do it, the results don't matter, and but your obedience does. Right. And... I mean, another thing that he was called to do in, in chapter 12, he would be playing out how the next wave of exiles was going to come, including the king on this next trip through, you know, he, in, in chapter 12, we read, uh, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, you are living among a rebellious people. Same thing again, the eye, they have eyes to see, but do not see and ears to hear, but do not hear for they are rebellious people. And we see Jesus later on. If you got, if, If you have ears to hear, listen now. Or if Mm -hmm. you have eyes to see, see me now. Therefore, son of man, which is another thing that Ezekiel's called a lot, pack your belongings for exile in the daytime as the people watch. Set out and go from where you are to another place. Perhaps they will understand, though they are rebellious people. During the daytime, while they watch, bring out your belongings packed for exile. Then in the evening, while they are watching, go out like those who go into exile. While they watch, dig through the wall and take your belongings out through it. Put them on your shoulder as they are watching and carry them out at dusk. Cover your face so that you cannot see the land, for I have made you a sign to the Israelites. So, I mean, that's he's just showing how it's going to come. But, like, this this street theater is just a recurring theme for Ezekiel but mm-hmm. it it's it's just a, a what I mean he he demonstrates and gets his message, message across in lots of different ways like he opens up doing all these very dramatic acts later on he's going to switch to more of a vocal <laughs> ministry <laughs> but I I think whenever I read these things it's it's really how obedient are you going to be and I imagine you know, whenever he when God said I'm going to make you just as stubborn and hard-headed as they are like you have to be a stubborn, hard-headed individual to do these things. Or, during this, he was becoming more and more mm-hmm. stubborn and hard-headed.
2: Well, and I think some of the things that God asked him to do to get the point across, in, in tandem with that, you know, becoming more stubborn, and hard-headed as he went, it's like, I, I think to a certain degree, you have to ask the question, like, what does that do to, a, like, a person? You know, yeah. like, he we... We might say you I mean you said earlier it, it's like a crazy person and feels like we're listening to a crazy person. Well yes. I mean maybe. maybe. <laughs> you know you know, I mean crazy, you know, still being used by God to accomplish what God wanted him to do, but might have yes. been driving him crazy. It's possible.
0: He does that he he does that through those through those early uh beginning chapters, but I like to look at some of the things uh, that that he really got into, and mm-hmm. the, the first one. So I mentioned earlier how Jeremiah and Ezekiel were very much contemporaries of one another. One right. was prophesying to the people inside of, the, of Jerusalem that still hadn't left yet. Ezekiel to to those already in exile, and and so we see something. We see a very similar message here from both. So I'm going to hit you with something from Ezekiel, but I'm also going to hit you with something from Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. So. Ezekiel 36, 24 through 28. For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. This is where Ezekiel is, is kind of in the inspire hope
1: mm-hmm. section
0: a little bit. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all of your impurities and from all of your idols. Meaning I'm going to, I'm going, God himself is just like, you know what? You can't do this on your own. I'm going to do it for you. And we really get like a hint here of something really awesome. Hmm. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you a heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors and you will be your, my people and I will be your God. Now Ezekiel said that to the exiles. Jeremiah said this, And uh, to the people inside Jerusalem. And this is Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with your ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant. This covenant, the Mosaic covenant, the Old Testament covenant, like we're going to get a little heady here, (laughs) but like the Old Testament covenant, Done. Yeah. Like, this is what he's talking about. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant. Though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord because they will all know me from the least... Of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their wickedness and remember them no more. So I will put my law in their minds, and and in this one I will give them a new spirit. Like they're saying, they're getting very, they're saying very similar things, albeit in a little bit of different ways. They're talking about when the new covenant Jesus is going to come, and then we'll have access to the Holy Spirit. That's what I read there, Mm -hmm. and so I find that to be. One of the most powerful things about Ezekiel's overall message, uh, there. Yeah. So I think whenever we just start looking at things that Jesus or that uh, Ezekiel said, I think that's that really gets to the heart of the message that he's driving at.
2: I think it's interesting, just kind of across the board with the prophets, how you see, uh, almost different versions almost looking through a different lens yes. but the same the same messaging and you know in Ezekiel's case it's a little methods are different yes. <laughs> it's a little more out there a little more mm-hmm. uh extreme you might say but uh comparing the comparing the two side by side uh, Ezekiel and Jeremiah in this case comparing multiple of them side by side you yes. can get a picture of like how this all kind of lines up which
0: is pretty cool like and I just you know it he's just hitting them i think I, this is me. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that that's what both of them are driving at. And that's kind of in, in both sections. Like this is kind of where Ezekiel's going into that inspire hope. And in Jeremiah's book, that's also like he there's a gear shift in mm-hmm. there whenever you read these guys. And that's really where he's starting to get into it. Uh, both of them saying God speaking through them saying it's broken. You broke it but there's going to be hope there's going to be there's going to be restoration and both of them kind of hint at how it's going to be opened up to those outside of Israel as well Jeremiah mm-hmm. more so than Ezekiel but that like I'm just going to throw this whole thing wide open and and create a new covenant first with those in Israel which is what Jesus did mm-hmm. but then that that message and that you know, take my yoke upon you, uh, you know, I will dwell in them and you will dwell in me and abide in the vine and all of those things. You really start to get early hints of that here in in this section.
2: Yeah. It's very much what we were talking about earlier. Like, hey, I told you to do it this way. You didn't do it this way. You messed it up a little bit. And there's going to be consequences for that. But there's going to be something waiting on the the other side of it as well. Yes. So.
0: So check out this clip from, is this Pope? This is Pope. All right, let's check out this message uh, clip from Pastor
1: Brian Pope. God placed Ezekiel in the valley to witness something that day. In the middle of the valley, God placed Ezekiel to see the possibilities of what could be or could be again. And we can see it too. Remember now, God is... uh, has asked Ezekiel if these bones could live. And Ezekiel cheated and he said, well, God, only you know that. But God had something different in mind. God wasn't willing to let Ezekiel settle. So he responds with a command to Ezekiel. This is what he says. God said, then he said to him, prophesy to the bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. As Ezekiel hears clearly, God commands him to prophesy, to speak on his behalf to the bones. He goes on, he says, I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And it seems odd to me because I believe God can speak for himself. He can speak life. That's how he creates. It could certainly be the way that he restores a situation with his voice. But there's something that I think God wanted from Ezekiel, a declaration of belief, a statement of possibility, an agreement that life could be restored to a lifeless situation. God could have breathed life and done it by himself. But he didn't want Ezekiel to be an observer of the miracle, a bystander in this valley. No, he wanted Ezekiel to participate. And through his participation, Ezekiel would believe like he had never believed before. Can these dry bones live? When you
0: hear that, and and hear the the vision that goes along with it that Ezekiel had like what comes to mind for you
2: I I picture I just picture myself standing in that valley Mm -hmm. and it being completely lifeless (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. Um, lifeless hopeless desolate you know kind of whatever word you want to put in that space and just even in that situation, God is capable of doing something incredible.
0: Yes. That's pretty cool. And, and, you know, we use a lot of that, a lot of that same language, like from death to life, Mm -hmm. you know, from, from pre, pre pre-relationship with Jesus to post-relationship with Jesus. We use a lot of those, a lot of those words. And a lot of that comes from the new covenant that Ezekiel hinted at, that Jeremiah hinted at. And it just, it just brings to mind for me, like the limitless possibilities that that are the that the limitless possibilities that that are that are available whenever you are in that relationship with God and you're in close proximity to him like Ezekiel was there.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh the point that Pope made there is cool too that Ezekiel wasn't just a witness to it. He he God didn't want Ezekiel to just be a witness to yes. it. He wanted him to play his part, to be a participant in it. And I think, you know, It would be cool enough if if God just did it and we got to see it. But the fact that he invites us to be a part of what he does in ways like that is, that's incredible.
0: Yes. And it's just a reminder for me that, like, we all have a unique calling that God has put on each one of us. Like, even whether we know it or not, like, Nebuchadnezzar probably would have never believed that he had a role. Like, that's the king that led the attack against Jerusalem there that he was even playing a role Mm -hmm. as he actively denied that God, that the Israeli God, the one true living God that they use, that they use throughout that, um, that even existed, but he was in fact playing a role Mm -hmm. that God had, had called him to. Um, so even whenever you deny it, like there is something that God, that God has for you to Mm
2: do. I think it's cool too. Just that God works through us. Uh, to be able to do things like that, he and he he really doesn't have to. Yes. He could like the fact that he can work through us to do it means he could just cut out cut out the middleman and do it himself. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, but he chooses to, and I think just I think that kind of helps for me. That helps wrap my brain around like what's my role in it because yes. my role is not to do the actual thing because I'm not doing the actual thing. Just like Ezekiel is not doing the actual thing. It's God working through Ezekiel or through whoever to do the thing. It's God doing the thing, not me doing the thing, you know. So So.
0: final takeaway, when we look at the book of Ezekiel and we look at the life that he led, Mm -hmm. like for me, it's about obedience to God rather than what we would perceive as success. Yep. Like God told Ezekiel right from the get go, they're not going to listen to you, but they're not going to listen to you because they're not listening to me. So don't don't let that get in the way. Don't let that scare you. Don't let that give you fear. Go out and do the thing that I'm calling you to do. Speak the words that I'm putting into your mouth. Do the things that I'm telling you to do, regardless of whether you succeed by, by what you might perceive as success. Mm-hmm. Obedience to God matters more than that. Like yep. whenever I look at that, that's really where, when I think of Ezekiel, like that's what I think.
2: I think something similar. I think, obedience might look crazy to the people around you. Uh, I think submitting to something bigger than yourself, following God um, and allowing him to work through you and just saying yes to what he would have you do might, might call you to do some things that feel crazy to you and look crazy to people on the outside. But as you said, the, the, the success isn't in whatever the task is whatever the end result is it's in the obedience it's in saying yes to whatever god says for you to do
0: so and i think that's a good spot to land yeah all right leave us a review let us know what you think and if we read it just like we did earlier we'll send one of these super awesome after chat mugs out to you we'll see you next week for another episode of the after
1: chat thanks for joining us for the after chat If you enjoyed this episode, share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To be the first to hear our next episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button and get notifications for new content. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram at Wired and Facebook at Passion Community Church. For additional resources and links, check out the description. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on The After Chat.